0: We bow our heads and pray. God and Father of us all, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So, when you watch a film or when you read a novel, if you're like me, you find yourself identifying with one or maybe more of the characters. I can recall when the movie Star Wars came out back in the um, mid to late 70s, the late 70s, I believe. Every boy and every young man wanted to be Luke Skywalker. We identified with, with Luke. My grandson Samuel, um, he is three now. He, he identifies with Spider-Man my grandson william identifies with a character in the pokemon anime series uh, ash ketchum whoever he is when i was william's age i identified with zorro walt disney productions had a a weekly tv series on zorro and I, i was there you could not pull me away from zorro we identify not only with fictional characters, but also with non-fictional characters, real historical figures we will identify with, such as we find in our gospel lesson for today. And, And when you hear the gospel lesson being read, you really can't help but to identify yourself with either Mary or with Martha. Now, every gospel lesson presents Jesus Christ, front and center. But every reading is also like a mirror in which you see yourself in one or more characters in the lesson. Either you see the character as a reflection of who you already are, or you see the character as a reflection of whom you aspire to be. Whom do you want to be like? I want to be like Mary or like Martha so when you hear the story read which one are you are you like Mary or Martha or do you want to be like Mary or Martha I, I would contend there's a lot to admire in both so page 9 in your bulletin Roman number 1 Martha is the perfect hostess And point number one, she demonstrates generous hospitality. Now, the word in Greek for hospitality, uh, philoxenia, uh, philos, which is love, and uh, xenia, which is stranger or foreigner, it's a love for strangers. And when Jesus sent missionaries out, when he sent out the twelve, he later sent out the seventy we read about that a couple weeks ago. Those missionaries were completely dependent upon the hospitality of strangers, who would receive the message, and following that they would provide room and board for the preachers, for the missionaries. And a good example of this is in Acts chapter sixteen, where Paul is pre- Paul and Silas. Are preaching to a group of women in Philippi there's not enough men to make a synagogue so these women gather by the riverside and Paul and Silas preach to them of Christ and we read this that a woman named Lydia's heart was opened by God to believe the message Paul spoke and she and her whole household were baptized And she said this to Paul and Silas. She said, if you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, please stay with me at my house. And so Paul and Silas and Luke, I believe, was also there. They were shown hospitality by Lydia. Letter B. or Actually, I'm sorry, letter A. Hospitality is a virtue and a characteristic of God Himself. In Luke 15, the Pharisees complain about Jesus in this way. They say, He, Jesus, welcomes, He hosts sinners, and He eats with them. He's being criticized for that. In Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That is to say, at the cross, God is hospitable to sinners. God welcomes sinners into his presence through the self-sacrifice of his Son. And in our gospel lesson for today, Martha is exhibiting the generosity of God although in a less than perfect way. So, letter B. Hospitality is repeatedly commanded and commended in Scripture. We see that in our first reading for this morning. Abraham greets the three visitors. Two angels and one Lord appear at Abraham's tent, and he demonstrates, he and Sarah demonstrate a welcome to the strangers and throughout the scriptures such as in Romans 12 uh, St. Paul writes contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality letter C we will be judged by this very thing on the last day Matthew 25 what does Jesus say I was hungry and you gave me something to eat I was thirsty you gave me drink I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these my brothers, those who bring you the message, you've done it to me. That's what Jesus is saying. God takes hospitality that seriously that he will judge you and me on the basis of that at Christ's return. And Martha is doing that very thing in the gospel reading. She's exhibiting this exemplary God-like behavior. But there's also a danger in what Martha's doing. And that's point number two. The danger is that even our most noble works become idolatry. They become idolatry if they take precedence over the word of Christ. Whatever is so urgent that it becomes to you more necessary than Jesus, that's your idol. That's your idol. It could be your work. It could be your studies at school. It could be your participation in band or sports or your activity on social media, whatever it may be. You and I are troubled and distracted by many things. That's true of all of us. And there are many things which we allow to eclipse Christ. But I doubt that any of those things that you and I allow to eclipse Christ are nearly as important as what Martha was doing in the gospel reading for today. But even the most noble activities that we can perform are inappropriate if they take precedence over hearing the word of Jesus. And so letter B, Martha was gently reproved. She was gently reproved or corrected by Jesus. Number one, Threatened by her own good intentions, Martha became, number one, ungrateful toward her Lord and less than just toward her sister. And number two, she took Jesus to task for his indifference toward her. His indifference toward her. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the serving? Reminds me of what the disciples said to Jesus when they were crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat and a great storm arose and Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat and the boat's beginning to sink, don't you know? And what did the disciples say? Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? The Lord seems indifferent. Have you ever felt that way? (laughs) Has God ever seemed indifferent toward you? your situation he seemed that way to me you see Martha was looking for affirmation she wanted Jesus to affirm her in what she was doing and she wanted Jesus to enlist Mary to help her but Jesus could not affirm what Martha was doing because what Martha was doing was not in Martha's interest nor in anyone else's. Martha was subordinating the words of Jesus to her own agenda. Let me ask you, does that sound familiar? Socrates said, beware the barrenness of a busy life. A busy life that excludes hearing the word of the Lord is a barren life, Indeed. But here's the amazing thing. Point number three. Christ's repetition of Martha's name, Martha, Martha, suggests not criticism, but compassion or pity. I mean pity in the best sense. He takes her to task gently. He pities her because she's putting the cart before the horse and Spiritually speaking, she's floundering. She has stumbled. And if Martha is the perfect hostess, then, Roman numeral two, Mary is the perfect disciple. She gave priority to the Word, number one. In our Gospel lesson for today, it's interesting, Mary says nothing. She does nothing. But she's the one who's commended by Christ. Years ago, a woman named Marva Dawn wrote a book about worship entitled A Royal Waste of Time. And isn't that how the world and even some Christians view what we do on Sunday morning? A Royal Waste of Time. Number two, Related to Martha by blood, Mary is related to Jesus by choice. By choice. Christ's word found a place in Mary's heart. The Lord opened her heart to believe the words Jesus speaks. She sits at her feet like any other disciple would. Christ's word found a place in her heart, and she would not give that word up even for her sister. Now, I want to caution you because there's a danger in being like Mary. Point number three, the danger is being a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. And James warns us about this in his epistle in chapter one. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's great to hear the word of the Lord. But there's a danger in hearing God's word to the exclusion of doing when we misuse God's word as an excuse to refrain from doing because I have to hear it. well, there's a time to hear and there's a time to do. Hearing is not an end in itself. Hearing is a means to an end. The end is the salvation of the hearer by creating faith in the heart. That's what the word does. And if the word of Christ is truly heard, it creates faith, and faith always leads to doing. It always leads to service toward others. As Luther would say, God does not need our good works, but our neighbor does. Letter B, whereas Martha is reproved by Jesus, Mary is approved. By Jesus she's approved by him and point number one she left her hosting duties behind in the the same way the disciples left their fishing nets behind and I, I would ask you to imagine the pressure that Mary was under to be in the kitchen with Martha and yet she persevered she ignored Martha's urgings And she remained at Christ's feet, recognizing that he's the real host here and she's only the guest. And like the disciples leaving their nets behind, Mary left her hosting duties behind, at least for the moment, in order to receive what Christ had to give. Now that's a radical leaving, just like the disciples walking away from their nets. But it's a leaving that allowed her to receive Christ's Word. And point number two, this is a point that's made several times in our Lutheran confessions. The highest worship we can offer Jesus is not giving to him, but receiving from him. Receiving from him is the highest worship we can offer, the highest compliment we can pay. The gospel reading for this morning is really about two ways to show hospitality, Either we think that we're the host and Christ is the guest when we gather here, or we see him rightly as the host and we ourselves are his guests. The gospel lesson is also about two divergent ways to worship. The most common way or view of worship, which is really the world's view, kind of a commonsensical view of worship, is that we're here to do something for God. But when you run with that idea and that view of worship long enough, it it eventually makes you bitter toward God and angry toward God the way Martha was. And it makes you critical toward others who are not pulling their own weight and doing as much as you or I. That's how Martha felt toward her sister Mary. She's not pulling her weight. The Lord's here. We need to get busy. Well, Maybe we need to not be busy. The other view of worship says that the heart of worship is not our service toward God, but God's service toward us in the person of Jesus Christ. As Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And that's why Lutherans refer to worship as divine service, meaning God's service toward us in word and sacrament. Jesus is the host, we are the guests when we gather in his name. And when you understand worship in that gracious way, why would you want to be anywhere else on the Lord's day? Roman numeral 3. Daily, Jesus would have us first be Mary, then be Martha. You know, I ask at the beginning of this message, with whom do you identify? With Mary or with Martha? I think Jesus would have us identify with both, but in the right order. First be Mary, then be Martha. Only those who faithfully hear the word of Jesus will faithfully live like Jesus. Only those who give priority to him will give priority to others as he himself does. Every member of this congregation, every believer in Christ, should begin the day by hearing the words of Jesus. And if you're not starting the day with Jesus, with his words, I don't believe you're equipped to be Jesus to those around you. Now, this may sound like adding to your burdens. You may think I'm asking you to do one more thing on top of everything else that you have to do, and you would be mistaken. I'm not asking you to do one more thing. I'm asking you not to do something so that Jesus might do something for you. I'm asking you to stop whatever you're doing so that you might receive something of eternal value from him. I'm asking you to be like Mary Because only then can you become the Martha that God intends. Only then can you become the Martha that those around you need. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, amen.